Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm blessed and grateful because today is the day. We've got the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Allred on the show. And my gosh, this is a great show. This is one that's going to inspire you. It's going to give you clarity on how you can get massive clarity on where you're going with your life, where you're going with your end goal, your end game, the mission of your life, the core values of your life, the non-negotiables of your life, who knows, maybe even the eulogy of your life. What is someone going to say about you when it's all said and done? And I think today is that day where you're going to get so much clarity, you're going to get so much inspiration, and you're going to stop playing small because this is what it's all about. I want to welcome you back to the show where we sit down for mind-expanding conversations with influential authorities in real estate, as well as top experts in other industries and disciplines. Are you ready to take it to another level? I have no doubt we're going to do that today. This is for high-performing real estate investors who have a burning desire to be even higher performing and to create a life without limits. It is our mission to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And of course, you know, we will distill the mindset, the habits, the routines, the systems, the tools, the strategies from Dave Allred, who is absolutely elevating to a life without limits so that you can do the same and even more for yourself, for your family. And my goodness, you're going to see some amazing opportunities to develop impact through your family, with your family, and how to really lead your family in such a greater capacity today. So I'm excited to share this show with you. I'm so excited to see the paradigm shifts that you're going to find through this episode. So definitely buckle up, definitely get your notepad ready because today is a phenomenal, phenomenal episode. And I'm not just saying that. Let me just tell you, this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results, purposeful outcomes through personal growth, through real estate investing, through other ventures, and most importantly, and ultimately in their lives. If you're enjoying Elevate, we just want to welcome you back. We want to thank you so much for being here. And we want to request that you stick around because we're going to continue to bring the heat. So subscribe to Elevate, follow us on any platform that you listen to podcasts, or maybe you watch podcasts, and we thank you for wherever you are. We just want to thank you so much for being here. And we want to encourage you to share this with a friend, share this with a colleague, a family member, or someone you know who this can change their life. Because I'm telling you today will change your life if you open yourself up to that. And I'm not even just saying that today is an amazing, amazing episode. And it's all because of the man, Dave Allred. And so with all that said, I want to welcome you to this episode and I want to introduce you to Dave Allred, who launched a highly successful 17-year career with Vivint, the nation's largest smart home security company, where he served eight years as a regional vice president of sales, followed by three years with sister company Vivint Solar, where he led over 100 sales teams across the country, con contributing to both companies eventually going public with multi-billion dollar valuations. I don't know why I'm like out of breath right now, but here we go. Dave now consults several small to medium-sized high growth businesses across the country, helping increase profitability and expand their businesses through executive business consulting. Dave also created his unique lifestyle design program focused on living life fully with freedom and purpose, which you're going to hear a lot about today and you're going to get a lot of clarity on how you can apply that yourself 
it doesn't cost a dime. It doesn't cost anything. And you can go ahead and apply that today. Immediately, it's going to be a game changer for you. Dave first started investing in real estate 15 years ago and has since scaled his business into an impressive portfolio of multifamily and commercial real estate across the country. At age 30, Dave committed to building a portfolio with ownership in 1,000 rental doors by age 40. And guess what? Having executed this goal, he's now launched Axia Partners, a new real estate fund focused on creating wealth through recession-resistant and resilient passive income. His passion lies in helping others gain a financial freedom through lifestyle investing, being a professional adventurer, and living life fully. So without further ado, welcome to this amazing conversation with the great Dave Allred. Dave Allred, my man, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Are you kidding me? Uh, this conversation before the show is like, whoa, we need to record uh, because we got some amazing stuff coming out of you. And man, I just I, I just appreciate the way you show up. I appreciate the vibes that you bring. I say that a lot, but I, I like to surround myself with people like you who are genuine, they're authentic, and they bring a giving energy. And I know that that's what you're bringing with you today. But I'd love to know, you know, if you were to describe how your children or your wife or your closest friends describe you, how would they describe Dave Allred? I would say, I would hope they would describe me as somebody that's motivating, that's inspiring, that's always looking to up level. One of my core values in life is to always be doing bigger deals and bigger things than yesterday. And so it's always about just progression and really a relentless pursuit of getting the next level. And then with my friends, I'd hope they would say that I'm the, the friend that would give my shirt off my back if they needed it. And I guess maybe to generalize, my answer would be is that I'm about creating value and always adding more value than I take. So that's what I would hope that people would say about me. Oh, I love it. And uh, man, it's, it's inspiring the way that you started that because I know that that aligns with many of the listeners and myself and so many of the other guests that we've had in terms about always being about progression and challenging yourself to go bigger on a continual on a daily basis and having that relentless pursuit of something more so that you can give. I mean, I feel like it almost it all leads into each other. It's like so that you can give so that that you can create more value for other people, not only because that also feeds into that continual growth and the compounding effect of that, but is there anything that you would say to that? Do you feel like that lines up in, in that sort of uh, trajectory as well? Or am I just reading into that? Yeah, no, I would say two things on that. One is my all-time favorite quote in business and leadership is by Zig Ziglar. He says, you can have everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And I heard that about 15 years ago when I started my leadership career with a door-to-door -door sales company called Vivint. And it's really resonated with, with me. And I feel like when you focus on other people like that, it creates abundance. First of all, an abundance mentality for yourself. But then it, it always comes full circle. And it might take some time, but it's call it karma, call it whatever you want. Eventually, when you create that value, it comes back full circle to you. And the second thing I would say is I, I think that I have a, a program called Lifestyle Design. I share with a lot of my friends and whatnot. And it's not something that I'm selling. It's something that's helped me a lot in my own personal life. And so I, I love to be able to create value by sharing that with other people. But again, I think it's, just, it's good vibes, right? It's about creating value. And, and I think that in, the, in, in the new economy today, it's really about creating value first and then asking for the benefit, whether that's monetary or it's, it's different services provided, but it's all about first creating the value and then pursuing the business. 
in my opinion. No, that's a great distinction. And I like how you described it as like in today's or in the new economy, that's how it is, because maybe it didn't always used to be that way, but I'm glad it's this way now. I'm glad that we can give, give, give. And then at some point, everyone wins, right? Everyone receives. And of course, you're exhibiting that. I think you're a prime example of that. So talk to me a little bit about the lifestyle design program that I know you're really passionate about. I would love to. One one more, just to back up a little bit though, on, on giving back. It sounds funny, but it's actually almost being selfish how much, how fun it is to give back because they said that he that gives is the one that receiveth, right? And I've really found that's the case. Like when I give freely, not only does it put my mind up in a place of abundance, but I feel so good about it, right? It actually makes me feel amazing. And so it's almost selfish, if you will, sometimes. Like I just love that feeling puts me in a good space. I feel gratitude. I feel great giving. And so the more I give, the better I feel. And so it's actually kind of self-centered <laughs> and selfish sometimes. But that's anyway. really interesting that you put it that way. I mean, because I think sometimes people don't realize how good it feels to give. Sometimes you think, well, I just have to be so selfless and I just got to give away. And maybe at some point then I'll feel great. But what you're telling us is the secret a little bit. It's like you're also receiving simultaneously and maybe even to a, such a higher degree. Absolutely. 100%. So on that note, so lifestyle design is something that I, I came up with a long time ago. I want to say maybe 12 years back. And, you know, I helped manage 123 sales teams across the country for my former employer. And I, I helped manage thousands and thousands of sales reps. And I do these one-on-one performance interviews. We'd sit down, talk about what challenges the rep has, what are their outcomes? What's their holy cause? What's their purpose? Why are they here doing such a hard job? It's literally going out, you know, knocking doors, selling security and solar to residential customers, which frankly is probably one of the hardest jobs you could possibly imagine. And so I'd ask these guys, okay, so why are you doing this? This is a tough job. What's your holy cause? And people always had an answer. It was, hey, I want to be wealthy. I want to pay for school. I want to get a new car, a new home. I want to get married, whatever it might be. But when you dig a little bit deeper and you go two to three layers deeper than that, it, I, I notice it, it gets very ambiguous and very fuzzy really fast. And, and, and very few people have true clarity on what they really want out of life. And so I made a commitment to myself. I'm like, hey, if I'm going to be doing this job and I'm a leader that I want to inspire others, I need to get crystal clear on what I want in my life so that I can then help other people and I can operate with more clarity with more confidence, with more boldly in, in my approach. And so I started out with just a simple spreadsheet of writing down some of my life goals. And it's evolved into a spreadsheet with 10 different sections, which are the 10 sections that I feel are most important in life to have a successful, balanced, and significant life. It's just evolved over the years. And so, you know, those sections for me are section number one is the end goal. So it's my mission statement in my life. And that includes a paragraph as a mission statement. It includes my personal and guiding principles, my core values, my 10 non-negotiables. There are 10 things that I won't do in my life. For example, you know, I will not, not put my family first. You know, I will never put money over relationships. You know, I will never trade my time for money, et cetera, et cetera. And then the last part of that section is my eulogy. So I actually took, my, took the time and wrote down my own eulogy which is a concept I got from a book called How Will You Measure Your Life by Clint Christensen. Phenomenal book if you haven't listened to it. Highly recommend it. 
And so that gives you a lot of clarity of like what really matters to you. you know, what do you want your friends, your family, your neighbors to say about your life and your legacy? And so, so that's chapter one. And you'll see a lot of the way I approach things in business and life, it's all about reverse engineering. I get clear on the end game, the outcomes, and then simply reverse engineer it down to a granular level. So you can make the right decisions daily that are aligned with the long-term outcomes that you really want in your life. And so that's section number one. Section number two is health. And number three is family and then time, finances, personal development, spiritual experiences, memories, and relationships. And so those are the 10 areas that to me, I feel like I really want to do well in my life. When I'm 80 years old, 90 years old, hundred years old, and I look back at my life. I know that if I've done well in all those categories, I'm going to feel like I've lived a life of significance, right? And so that's the overall approach. Okay, so this is amazing, first of all, and, and I'll make a few comments and I want to clarify a few things as well. But, you know, most people are task focused and they're not outcome focused. And what you're illustrating here is getting clear on what you want and really reverse engineering that process is outcome focused and it's about creating that it's not about worrying about all the minutia of how we're going to get there but it's about getting clear on what's the mission what's the overall purpose of my life and what are the core values what are the non-negotiables i really love that you describe that you're talking about a eulogy like what will be said about me when i'm no longer here and i just think that's so powerful and then we can reverse engineer that process and say all right well what is this how does this manifest in health how does this manifest in family and my time and my finances and my personal development in my experiences i think i missed a couple of categories there so i might have you fill those back in you were going fast i was getting excited there so what were the other categories that i missed there dave sure and i'm actually i'm happy to share it with you tyler and in fact even for your listeners it was never meant to be a product or even something to share it was just a very personal journey for me but I've now shared with a few family, you know, friends, and I've gotten really good feedback from, from those individuals. And so i um, happy to share. I mean, it's nothing really fancy. It's just a spreadsheet with a few tabs on it. But if any of your listeners want a copy of that, you're welcome to reach out to me. Probably the most easiest way is on social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, wherever. Uh, and it's just Dave Allred, the last name A-L-L-R-E-D, or email me. I'll share, put that in the link, I guess. But anyway, the template itself is pretty simple. What I realized, like most people spend more time planning out their annual vacation than they do actually planning out their lives, which is crazy, right? I mean, we literally, and so as a result of that, people are living life and making decisions based on emotion and being very reactive versus being proactive in their approach. And I feel like in life where we really get to is simply an accumulation of all the decisions we've made along the way. And so if we can make higher quality, smarter decisions with intentionality, we're going to make significantly faster progress in our lives, right? And another thing I, I say frequently is people overestimate what we can do in one year, right? But we underestimate what we can do in a three to five year period. And I mean, think about that. So every New Year's Eve, right? Everybody puts all these big, huge, audacious, very audacious goals in place. They're going to go change the world. And 90% of the time plus they, they miss those goals. But if we looked at it a little bit longer with a five-year horizon, you know, that's where the magic happens in my opinion. And I think it, it takes delayed gratification. A lot of times, especially in today's society, we're so programmed for instant gratification, right? I want it now. I want the dopamine hit. I need to see it immediately. But the key, and I'm trying to teach my children this right now, is 
hey, embrace delayed gratification. It takes time. You know, there's like the expression, how do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time, right? And it takes a long time. But event, as long as you're on the right track and you're, head, you know, you're climbing the right mountain, who cares? It, 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 you're on the right path. It's going to take time. So anyway, just want to share that. No, that's so good. And there's so many gold nuggets there. I mean, you think about our life is really at the end of the day, it's an accumulation of decisions, right? And what you mentioned there is the course correction or the shift is it's decisions with intentionality with delayed gratification layered on top of it is what creates a beautiful life, which is what creates a lifestyle by design rather than a lifestyle that's designed by the default mechanisms or the default environment that we find ourselves in. Because if you want to go somewhere, you got to be clear about where you're going, right? Instead of, hey, you know what, I'm just going to hope that things work out for me. I'm going to cross my fingers and maybe I'm going to hit the microwave button and something good is going to come my way. That's not necessarily the case. So I think there's so much value in this. I want to get a little bit granular. Obviously, we'll put a link in the show notes of where people can find you so they can reach out for this program or for basically this framework that you've developed in in, in a giving capacity. But when you reverse engineer and you're looking at these different sections of your life, how are you manifesting? Are you saying, here's my vision for my health? Here's my vision for my family. Here's the vision of how I'm spending my time. Could you go into a little bit of granular detail there? You bet. So the, the 10 sections, if we could recap, are, so it's the end goal, and then it's health, business, finances, time, experiences, memories, relationships, and spiritual. I think that was 10. If not, I, might, I may have missed one. I think one. personal development was the other one, right? Yes. There you go. Personal development. You got it. Thank you. Yep. And, and so basically, it's just writing it down. First, first step, most important step is writing down your goals and what you really want in life. Because a mentor of mine early in life said, Dave, a goal that's not written down is a dream. And I found that ideas are fleeting and they're emotions. And so if you don't take action immediately and do something about it, at least writing it down as a, as a first step, you're usually going to forget about it and you're not going to have any accountability. So what I found, and there's some statistics out there. I read a stat last week that says, um, simply writing down your goal, you have a 42% increased probability of hitting that goal. I don't know how you measure that statistically. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. Right. The other, they also say 67% of all stats are made upon the spot. <laughs> so I, I don't really know how to measure that one, but I would agree. I feel like in my life by writing them down, what it does for me is it allows me to one, see the progress that I'm making. Sometimes it's just small little, you know, incremental steps that we're making. And it's hard to see that unless you can go back and look at where you were previously. And then secondly, it helps me hold myself accountable, right? So I go back once a month, I on my calendar, one hour blocked out every month to go back and look at my lifestyle design and I can measure my progress and where kind of recalibrate, if you will, in my approach to my life. You know, every Sunday I spend one hour doing like what I call it a power hour planning where I take the next week and I literally engineer my entire schedule based on my priorities. And it's something I call chunking. You chunk your time. And so for me, my number one priority is my family. So I have every Monday night, I was my family. Every weekday from 8 to 9 p.m., I've got one hour with my kids. I feel like with kids, it's really about quality of time, not so much necessarily quantity of time. I don't spend a ton of time with my kids, but when I do, it's intentional. My phone's put away and I'm, I'm with the kids. Every Thursday night, it's a date night with my kids. Now, it's right next with the wife. 
Sundays, ice cream Sundays with the kids. And we have different traditions that we have in place, right? So that's number one on my calendar. Number two is my health. And so every morning, it's one hour of working out in the gym, et cetera, et cetera. Next priority is business. So then it's reverse engineer the whole week based on priorities, right? But yeah, so going back to your question on how do you get so granular and specific? So one is writing it down. Two is consistently going back and reviewing the progress. And three, I would say is the doc, it's a living document. And so it evolves with me. So as I learn and as I, something really inspires me or resonates with me, I'm going to go and add that to my lifestyle design. So it's not static. It's a living, evolving document that's evolving with me. And as I said previously, in my life, I, I love the Garmin tagline that, you know, beat yesterday. It's always about beating yesterday. So once I hit a goal, it's always immediately celebrate for a few minutes and that's okay. What's next? What's the next level? And so my, again, my lifestyle design has definitely evolved with me and I hope that it continues to evolve. I'm proud of where I was when I was 20 years old, but when I was 30, I looked back and like, man, I was thinking so small at 20. I'm 40 now. And I look back when I was 30, I'm like, I'm really proud of what I was doing and what I was accomplishing, but I was playing small. I hope when I'm 50, I look back when I'm 40, I'm like, man, I was playing, I was thinking small. And I hope when I'm a hundred, I'm looking back when I was 90, you'd be like, man, Dave, you could have done so much, so much more. That's kind of the fun. To me, that's the fun thing in life is progression, right? It's always just looking at that next step. And I'm the happiest when I feel like I'm, just, I'm moving forward. I couldn't agree more and same here. And what this all reminds me of is something that I learned from the, the great Dave Allen, David Allen, uh, who wrote Getting Things Done, GTD, Worldwide Known. He was actually a former guest on Elevate. And he wrote about obviously getting things done, but he actually chunked it down into, hey, here's the 50,000 foot view of my life. And we all need that. And then let's take that plane a little bit closer to the earth and say, all right, 30,000 foot, what does that look like over the next three to five years, right? 50,000 foot is hey, what does this look like for my lifetime? What is my vision for myself? It's almost like exactly what you're describing here. And then of course we get to 10,000 feet. What does that look like over the next one to two years? And then we start to hit the runway. It's what does that look like this year? Maybe the next 90 days, this quarter, uh, this month, this week, you're talking about planning for Sundays. I just think it's really important that we chunk that down so the listeners can understand that this is really not a complicated process. It just takes some intentionality and it takes some clarity and when you sit down and do this, then it all starts to flow. And it's just about taking that next step. It's not about overwhelming yourself or overcomplicating yourself, but it's about having a values hierarchy and then also clarity for where you're going. Would you agree to that, Dave? 110%. That's exactly right. So reverse engineering, these big goals sound like they're so far out there, but just take it down to a monthly, weekly, daily basis. And then I would add on to that, Tyler. I think that the key really is that clarity, that intentionality, but it's also establishing the right habits that are aligned with those outcomes, right? So it's one thing to get excited and motivated, but motivation is fleeting. It's just a, it's an emotion. So what I always challenge myself, my friends, even my kids is, okay, so that sounds great. That's what you want to accomplish this year or in your life. So what are the habits you need to be doing daily to make sure that you're on track to do so? And as an example, we were out for New Year's Eve. We were out in the Bahamas at the Atlantis Resort with my kiddos. I've got four kids, ages five through 15. And they all wrote down five New Year's Eve goals, which is really fun out there, right, on, on the beach and having a good time. But then the next day, we sat down and said, okay, so these are your five goals. So what habits do you guys need to be doing to make sure you accomplish this? 
because then I can hold them accountable to their habits, right? And we can track that and make sure they are doing what they, they committed to. But long-term habits are what dictate real change in our lives, right? It's not emotion and how we feel. It's really what we're doing as our habits. So, so good. So true. And I think you said that better than anyone else on this podcast has ever said it, myself included. It's something that I think most of us are aware of that habits drive our behavior. They drive our identity. They drive the reality of our life. But you just said that in such a easy, a simple way. And that really makes so much sense. So thank you for that. And that is so important. And I think about, all right, well, emotions are fleeting, right? Motivation is fleeting. Ideas are fleeting. All of these different things that you're just talking about, write it down. You're talking about the percentages, right? If you write down a goal, you're so much more likely to accomplish it, but you're even so much more likely to accomplish or install a new empowering habit if you're clear on what that is and you make a plan for that. And so I think that is extremely powerful. Could you talk a little bit about some habits that have been really important for you as you've really developed the identity of a high performer and someone who's clear about the impact that you're making? Sure. I would say one is anything you can do to increase your, to improve your mindset. Like the more I, I look at personal development and my 40 years and being in this world, I feel like mindset is so important. And we always hear that, but it's like, you know, I, I had dinner with Ed Milet last year and we were at a steakhouse and he said, Dave, the only difference between where you're at today and where you're going to be 12 months from now is three things. One, who you surround yourself with, two, the books you read, and three, the podcasts you listen to. Okay. And when he said that to me, I was like, okay, that's pretty basic. I, I get it. I, yeah, that makes sense, right? It's proximity, it's what you put in. But the more I really thought about that, I actually agree with that wholeheartedly. The changes that we make is really based on this who we're with, this proximity, it's what we're putting in, it's, it's what we, we digest. It's the books, it's the it's the, the books and the audio, the podcast, and audio books. So 100% agree with that. And so uh, a few things that I'm doing personally, every time I'm in my vehicle driving, instead of listening to music, which I love listening to music, but in the gym or in my car, it's a definitive decision I made that I will always listen to an audio book, always. And I'm able to knock out about one book every two weeks by doing so, right? So that's 27, we've got 20, 27 books, 27 books a, a year. That and it, it, it's no extra time out of my life. It's just better utilization of that time when I'm in the gym or in my vehicle. Another one is winning the morning. You know, I feel like if you win the morning, you win the day. And not always, but I mean, if you have a great morning and you have a routine and you're proactive and you control your morning schedule, you're putting yourself in a position of strength for that day. You're going into it sharp and you're in control of it, right? So for me personally, Every morning, it's the same thing. I wake up at 6, 6.15, I'm in the gym for 45 minutes. You know, I get out, take a two-minute, really cold shower, as cold as I can. I spend a few minutes with the kids, do intermittent fasting until noon, read a book for 20 minutes, prayer, goal setting for 10 minutes for the day. And I say meditation for 10 minutes, but to be honest with you, I have a hard time with meditation. I'm trying <laughs> like three years. I just, I, I have like, I'm a dupe, I'm a tradition, I I have so many ideas. It's hard for me to sit there for 10 minutes. If anybody has a really good idea on some, some meditation, I've tried all the apps. I've tried it all. I just can't, I don't know. That's, so I, I put it out that I'm doing it, but that's, I'm not very good at that. So I'll have yeah, a comment for you on the meditation, but keep going. I'll, I'll, we can talk about that here in a second. It's a one hour of physical activity, about an hour to get ready for the day. 
And I just feel like once I go through all of that, since eight o'clock, I'm ready to go. And I've got my priorities for the day. I've got you know, my energy's good. I've got everything dialed in. I've spent time with my kids and it's game time. And then it's just work until whatever time. And anyway, so you win the, win the morning, win the day. Um, but yeah, love to hear your advice, Tyler. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital. And you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called the bottom line, the 10 ways to increase cash flow in an apartment complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value packed ebook. So I want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. No, that's amazing and uh, great advice for everyone to just look at how are you winning the morning because how you start your day is typically, it's like that, that we were talking about habits earlier. It's like the momentum, how you start your day is how the middle of your day is going to go, how the end of the day is going to go. And that domino is so powerful. And so I'm thinking about meditation. You're talking about meditation and I know a lot of the listeners are probably shaking their head and saying, Hey, I'm not a good meditator either, but what I can say and what I've learned from people that I appreciate and admire is that meditation, you're not good or bad at it. No one's bad at it. No one's good at it. It's just about listening. It's about being the observer. It's about understanding that your mind is trying to share with you a lot of different things at one time. And what you're doing is you're observing and you're watching, you're separating yourself from those thoughts, which is extremely powerful. And Dave, I don't know about you, but there's times in my day where I get rocked. I get unexpected news that is not the best news or something that I don't love. And, and I can revert back to saying, look, I'm training my mind to observe my environment and I don't have to be an active participant in my environment to say, hey, you know, I'm not gonna let my emotions go good, bad or ugly. And so it is a practice, it's a training, but I think that would be my suggestion there. But I think that it's amazing that you're committing to that practice regardless and it's not you know, natural for you or anything like that. And so I think that's the biggest thing to highlight here is that it doesn't feel easy, but you still commit to it. It's still, you still commit to continuing that practice. So Dave, I'd love to know from you, obviously with everything that we just talked about and how you're really designing your life and you really have intentionality around that. Talk to me about lifestyle investing, experiential investing, because obviously to be able to do what you're doing, there has to be a financial component. There has to be a practical component. So developing those type of systems. So could you talk to me a little bit about your philosophy and your approach? from a lifestyle investing perspective? Yeah, you bet. So that's something I'm really been passionate about. So when I was 30 years old, I realized I really wanted to have true financial freedom in my life. And I defined that by having enough passive income to pay for my family's cost of living and our quality of life. Again, it goes back to reverse engineering. So, okay, 
and it's actually a pretty simple equation. I said, okay, what's my current cost of living? And as an example, let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars. And the next question is, okay, well, what's my, you know, what's my current passive income at? And let's say it's, you know, 25 grand. I've got a condo or a townhome or something like that. Right. And so the next equation is, so what's the difference between those two numbers in that situation? It's $75,000. And then simply getting laser focused on how can I create enough passive income, so $75,000 to create true financial freedom for me and my family. And that simple equation right there has been a, a has changed my life, honestly, because then it's, it's so clear. It's okay. I need this much passive income. So what do I need in order to hit that? Do I need, you know, 20 more rental properties? Do I need to get X amount in dividend stocks? Do I need to get by this many more self-storage units or ATMs or whatever it might be that creates passive income? And so for me at age 30, I said, okay, I need to get 40 rental properties in order to have enough passive income to have my family's cost of living covered. And so I got dialed in and laser folks on that at age 30. I was able to hit that number at, uh, at 36 years old. And then I was like, okay, that was fun. Let's go for a thousand. And so I was like, Hey, I want to get a thousand ownership in a thousand rental properties by age 40. And at the time I was like, that's pretty, that's a pretty audacious goal. But again, wrote it down, reverse engineered it and started to start down that journey. I was actually able to hit that in December of last year, at age 40. And Congrats, uh, man, that's amazing. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. It's a lot of work, but the journey was, was pretty incredible. But again, if I hadn't written it down and tracked it and gotten so focused on that, right, where focus goes, energy flows, right? And so it's like really making that and, and, and not just, it's like tying purpose to it. I really think that you have to make money really matter, right? Like it has to have purpose behind it. If you have good intentions with good purpose behind wanting to have more money, it seems to be attract. I think it, it, it's attracted for some, somehow like it, it, it comes more freely when you have good intentions, you know, how you're going to be a good steward over that money when you do get it. You know, a lot of people are like, Dave, that's a cool story, man. Like that's cool. You have all this designed out, but I don't have a lot of money right now. So once I do get some money, then I want to do what you're doing. I'm like, no, that's completely backwards. You've got to first figure out what you're going to do, create your blueprint, right? What are you going to do and how are you going to get financial freedom? Then once you have that dialed in, I feel like the money comes a lot easier. And when you do get the money, it's going to be deployed responsibly and it's going to be motivating you because you're going to see that progress being made and fast tracking your life, your financial freedom. You look back at like NFL players, right? It stands for, you know, not for long because usually two months, two years later, unfortunately, that you know they're they don't have any money left, or or people that win, win a lottery, usually two years later they don't have any. They're actually in a worse position than when they first won the lottery, and so I think it's more about just getting a, a blueprint and being intentional and having that dialed in, and then going to work. And so I would challenge everybody listening to this, no matter where you're at, is get a clear financial freedom blueprint designed that's custom to you tie a lot of, of uh, purpose to it. So it's not just, hey, I want this or even financial freedom. Like I want financial freedom, but why? Because one, I love, I'm driven by freedom. I'm a free man. I want freedom in my life. I want freedom in my decisions and what I'm doing, people I hang out with, my experiences. And I want that for my family as well. I feel like money is really just a magnifier of whatever it is that you really are about. And so if you can tie a good a family foundation to it, you can tie how are you going to help scale a business and create employment opportunities for other people? How are you going to create passive income streams for other people as well as a syndicator, et cetera, et cetera? 
Like that's that that's where because that then it, then it's not just zeros in a bank account. It's actually real meaningful value that you're creating for the economy and for other people that you care about. I couldn't agree more. And I, I think about money as is almost energy to a certain degree. And I think what you just described is you're you're opening up that energetic flow when you tie purpose and responsibility and stewardship to resources and recognizing that it's not a selfish pursuit, but when you open yourself up to a selfless pursuit with clarity, it can come to you in avalanches of abundance. So I think that's amazing. I think it's beautiful. I do want to talk about your specific approach and your strategy and, and some of the things that you're doing now in real estate and otherwise. But before we get there, you did mention the family foundation and you were sharing a little bit about this with me before the show. So I'd love for you to share this idea because this is amazing. So I just, I want to encourage Elevate Nation to listen up here. This is amazing. Tell us about that, Dave. Yeah. So it's called the All Red Foundation. And I've been wanting to do this for a long time, just recently launched it. And it's a charitable, you know, fund. And each one of my children, I have four of them, they're on the board. So they're each uh, board members. And we allow each one of them to choose whatever charitable cause they want to contribute to. One of my children want to, they want to help single mothers. Another one, they really uh, want to help wounded warriors, right? Another one is to really help. So it's kind of funny. She loves hippopotamuses. And so she found a foundation that's actually helping the hippopotamuses. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> right. But, but I love it because they're buying into it and they're, they, they own it. Right. And so it's a really fun way to be able to give back. And then to whatever they contribute, then, you know, I'll match that contribution from my end as well. So we're all sending out to Mexico next month to go for five days, help build a, build a hospital and a community center out there and keeping with that. But I just think that teaching children to have that abundance mentality and to give is really, really important. And that's something that I, I feel like that's really healthy for kids to be thinking about other people. And same thing with, with Christmas time, to be able to pick out families, help out, et cetera. On that note too, each of my children, I've given them an employment contract where they are employees for my businesses. And it's actually awesome. I just want to share this real quick. It's kind of a best practice maybe or as an idea for some of your listeners that may have children. But the way I've structured that is, so each of my children, have, they have a weight, they get paid. Let's say it's between $5 to $20 an hour, which is pretty, pretty healthy wage for, for children. But I don't mind overpaying them for their, their services and for their labor. But 60% of that goes towards education, so college or real estate investing specifically. Then 30% is spending for discretionary wherever they want to. And then 10% is giving back. And so I don't mind overpaying them because I don't say overpaying them, but paying them well, because it's kind of forced into savings and real estate investing. And, you know, each one of my kids, it, it's really funny. If you talk to them, like any of my kids, you said, Hey, what's the best type of income? They're going to say passive income. They know it's been programmed. They understand <laughs> this. And, and all my kids have goals on when they're going to have their first rental property. So like my son's nine, his goal is by tw age 12, I have his first rental property. We're actually building a second home right now. And they want to come into it and have a pro rata owner, like a JV with me. And it's an Airbnb as well. So they'll be able to get cash distributions based on the revenue. It's fun because it's actually a, a second home for us and short-term rental. So you can go have fun experiences there and enjoy the quality of life and having that but then also making cash flow by being an investor in it when it's rented out. So really just trying to, in my family growing up, we never talked about money, literally not one conversation I can remember of financial management or how to invest and stuff. And it's probably because they, my parents didn't really, it wasn't something they maybe felt confident to, to teach and talk on, but I want to change that for my kids. And so I want to teach them young, you know, how to be responsible stewards of that capital and how to make it work for them. 
But yeah, and another benefit of that strategy though is that you can, you know, again, I'm not a CPA, I can't give tax advice, but you can pay employees up to 12,000 and something per year and they don't have to pay any taxes on their side of it because it's below the 12,000 mark. And that's also business deduction for me as a business owner, right? So it's a great way to be able to pay your children in a very tax efficient manner and then help them to be able to get their own investment properties as well. But they'll have real estate responsibilities. So they'll go drive properties with me. They'll, you know, my youngest daughter gets the mail and she shreds mail for me and kind of cleans up the office. But it's kind of a fun way to be able to teach children business and, and, and investing. No, that's so cool. And I just love the way that you prioritize your family and bring them in on everything that you're doing and allow them to think bigger. Because I think many of the listeners, including myself, when you think of what you just stated about your nine-year-old son who says, hey, my goal is to have my first rental property by 12 years old. I mean, can you imagine the trajectory that now he is placing himself on and you're helping him place himself on and what he can do now in the future as he learns more about continuing to give to charity and being abundance minded. And I just think that's so valuable. And I think it's so powerful. If you think about families who do well financially, they typically do talk about money and it's not about, Hey, we have more of it and we're going to keep more of it. And we're going to keep this away from everyone else, but it's, Hey, you know what? There's more for us. If we think bigger, we get clear and we can give to other people as well. And there's more for everyone. Everyone wins. So I just think that's amazing. But is there any other ways that you'd like to share with Elevate Nation in terms of how you prioritize your family and how that supports the big vision that you have for yourself and for everything else as well? Yeah, I mean, I have so many things to share on that. But for the sake of time, going back to investing a little bit, like one, instead of having a college fund set up for the children, my approach there is I'm helping them to get a fourplex. And that fourplex will pay them recurring passive income to be able to pay for their college tuition. And to me, that's, I prefer that versus a 529 or an organized one where it's, I can't have, I have no control over it. It's not, there's no tax advantages of that. And so instead it's teaching the kids real estate, but it's also creating, you know, enough passive income to pay for college and potentially even to, to, to eventually live there if they needed to stay, you know, for their first home, et cetera. But going back to just prioritizing family, you know, again, I'm not perfect at this. I'm, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress, right? And I've learned that parenting is actually really hard. <laughs> and so I'm still, you know, I'm a student of the game for sure. But, uh, you know, I think, I think the key is realizing that family comes first. And to me, that's just, I have to remind myself all the time because I've got businesses that I'm passionate about and, and things that I'm really, are going awesome. And I could spend so much t- more time on those. And honestly, I'd love to, like, but at the same time, my family comes first. And so it's, it's a continual refocus and recalibration on what's most important. And just being really kind of personal and open here, I don't spend it. I work a lot. I'm probably working harder than I've ever had in my life right now, even though I don't have to be doing that. But I just, I love the progression. I love creating value and creating things. There's real energy in that, right? But for me, it's, you know, it's chunking those, that time and safeguarding that. So like from 8 to 9 p.m., that's my kid's time. Eight o'clock hits, my son and my little one come to my office on the dot. Dad, it's eight o'clock. It's eight o'clock. If I'm <laughs> on a call, it doesn't matter. Like it's yeah, no, it's eight o'clock. It's like there's no negotiation. That's their non-negotiable. They're not they, they will not take no at eight o'clock. Like it's it's going down. We're gonna go play, we're gonna hang out. I just think it's it's important to realize that I think that a lot of times in business we get preoccupied with all the tasks and there's so many fires to put out and things that feel urgent, but ultimately. You need to have your family in your corner, your spouse behind you. It helps empower you to be your best. And 
knowing that your family is in a good place, I think that really helps me to, to, to have more of an abundance mindset and be able to be my best and to show up every day. I mean, if my, if I'm not, things aren't good at home, frankly, I, I don't show up my best. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty off on tilt. So. That's so good. And uh, I meant to mention this earlier, but there was a book that I read a few years ago called what my CPA isn't telling me. And it blew my mind because a lot of the strategies that you're implementing with your children in terms of paying them a salary and helping with the charity and all these different things, you're following obviously great tax preparation, but also how does that build the strength of your family as well as that family unit, as you mentioned, is so important. But let's talk a little bit about what you're working on now. And obviously, we'll be respectful of your time and we'll transition into the rare air questionnaire. But talk to me about Axia Partners Fund. And obviously, you're doing big things. You're scaling. You've reached that thousand door goal that you set. And now you're going even bigger. You said you're working even harder than you ever had. Not necessarily that you need to, but talk to me a little bit about your activity, what you're finding, and uh, how you're raising the bar. Yeah, you bet. Thanks. So started out doing townhomes, condos, moved up into fourplexes, owned 14 or seven, 17 fourplexes, and then naturally, you know, moved up into apartment complexes and and then into syndications, did over a dozen syndications, mostly all with friends. I'd say 95% of my capital partners are my social network, my buddies, my friends, my, my coworkers. You know, my take on that is why would I not want to, if I'm investing this anyway, and I'm passionate, I believe about it. Why would I not want to bring my friends and the people I care about into that opportunity? You know, sometimes people are like, Dave, isn't that stressful to you to, you know, bring on capital partners into these deals? And I would say it is definitely a heavy weight. I mean, it's a real responsibility that I take very, very seriously. But if the deal is really good and underwriting checks out, it's that I'm going to participate in. Why would I not create that opportunity and value for other people to come in and participate with me versus a, you know, a bank or an institutional lender, et cetera. And from there it moved up. So then syndications and then the natural progression was uh, the fund, the equity funds. And so I participated as a, an LP in multiple different funds. And once I started to understand that structure, I really, there's so many benefits of it, but in a nutshell, it's, it's more diversified than a syndication. There are multiple different assets, multiple markets. And then also uh, the power of compounded returns because we're adding value to an asset, disposing of that, and then reinvesting those, those funds immediately. And so you can really create some accelerated returns through that fund structure. Uh, and also you're fully capitalized. You go into a deal, hey, especially in, in today's competitive market, instead of saying, hey, we're going to raise the money into this deal. It's okay, like, hey, we already, we're ready to go. Let's rock. And so- Realized some of those upsides and whatnot and, and jumped in that world. And about a year and a half ago, we started working on the Axia Partners Fund. Launched it about two and a half months ago. And it's been going phenomenal. Really loving the experience. Some phenomenal partners. So there's four other general partners with me. And then our fund manager, and he's phenomenal. He's just a savant. Uh, probably the smartest person I've, I, I know in my network. And for the team, and that's what I loved about it. Is I've always been a solopreneur in my approach. And now... I actually have a team where we can collaborate, synergize. You know, in real estate, a lot of times you, you simply don't know what you don't know. And we have blind spots. And so having a team where you can actually bounce ideas off of each other and get perspective, I feel is very valuable. And I'd recommend that looking back in hindsight, even for people that are doing smaller deals, like try to have a team and people you can work with. I've realized that everybody in the space that I really look up to and they're doing really big things, they have a team with them. It's not just one person on, on his own, right? Would you agree with that, Tyler? I totally would. And um, that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about like leadership and understanding how to move people and how to understand 
what really moves people and what are the driving forces behind people. That's why I talk a little, a lot about psychology and also about human behavior and habits and all these things that you and I've been talking about, not only in terms of how can we optimize our own performance and step up to the plate and be as effective as possible and also live a fulfilling life, but also we can co coalesce the resources or the resourcefulness of our team to do bigger things and then everyone can win. And so that abundance mindset, I think is so powerful. And so I love to hear that you've had that realization. I love to hear that you're continuing to evolve, even with the substantial success that you've had, because you're not resting on your, your laurels and you're going to the next level. So talk to me about the focus of the Axio Partners Fund and what you guys are acquiring these days. You bet. So it's a five to seven year fund, pretty standard structure to it. But the investment thesis that I came up with is specifically multifamily, self-storage, and RV parks. So it's those three asset types. And the reason why I chose those three assets is because they're all very recession resilient. They did very well previously in economic downturns. And in my opinion, it's not a matter of if we have a downturn or stagnation or recession, it's a matter of when, right? And we're 12 years into a really good market. Personally, I think we still have some runway in front of us, but it is a matter of time. The number one rule in investing for me is don't lose your money. Actually, Warren Buffett says it, right? Rule number one is don't lose your money. Rule number two is don't forget rule number one. <laughs> Especially once your friends and money coming into the deal, right? You just want to really safeguard that number one. So my responsibility, number one, is protect our principal. Number two is then to get a return on principal. And so with that approach, what we focus on is it's all net migration. So we're only going to states where we have a lot of people coming in from the East Coast, West Coast. And so specifically love Utah, Arizona, Nevada, Texas, Tennessee, the Carolinas and Florida and, and Georgia. So those states specifically are what we're focused on. We only go into stabilized. So we're not doing new construction development because the risk profile is a little bit safer there. Uh, tax shelter, we, we do cost irrigation, pass on that accelerated depreciation for investors. And it's all value add. And so Axia is Greek for value add. So that's how we chose the name. Interesting. Right. And I feel so everything is value add. And it's not just the traditional granite countertops and lights and the new paint. It's also search and optimization, marketing, branding. A lot of these apartments nowadays, they don't use social media. There's no presence on social media. And that's such a missed opportunity. Right. And then it's also adding new amenities, not just dog parks, but dog spas. <laughs> it just it sounds it's a little bit different, but it's pretty much the same thing putting in shared office space, like we work space and the, and the multifamily, that's a big amenity. I think it's going to continue to be important to consumers. But yeah, so it's all tax sheltered. It's all value add. It's all stabilized and it's all where net migration is headed to. So we just feel like that's a really safe way to approach it, but where the uh, asymmetrical risk and reward is really strong, where there's low risk of downside risk, but we can still really capitalize on the upside by increasing NOI through the value add approach. And if there is a downturn, again, those assets are all, you can never say recession proof, but they're very recession resistant or buffered. And so that's the overall approach. And um, you know, we're in the middle of capital raise right now. We're looking to take down our first few assets here and starting in a, here about a month and a half out from now. And uh, yeah, it's really excited about it. It's a relatively small first fund but it's our first kind of flagship fund. And then we'll build off of that with a fund two, fund three and go from there. No, that's awesome, man. And first of all, I, maybe I need a spa, like the dog spa. It's like, oh my gosh, like how about a spa for me? I mean, not that I, that's amazing. That's hilarious to really think about the perspective of a dog spa. But man, you know what? We began this conversation with 
you're always about progression. You're showing us that you're progressing. You're giving new opportunities to progress. And first of all, I love the approach as well. I love the, the strategy, the philosophy of this fund and, and what you're doing with that. So I'm just excited to see what you do with that. And I just want to acknowledge you because you're a phenomenal individual with the clarity of what you want in your life and what you're creating for other people around you and just the giving nature of who you are. You're an amazing person. So my man, let's transition into our rapid fire section. I call it the rare air questionnaire. It's all about being uncommon. It's about doing some of these things that really aren't hard, but it just takes a little bit of intentionality, right? So let's think about a few things. I've got my first question for you is what are the most impactful books that you've read? Two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years and why? Uh, narrowed down to three. Okay, let's go. Number one is As a Man Thinketh. Awesome book. Super short read. If you haven't read it, you got to read that book. I probably have read that book 20 times. And then number two, I'd say The Magic of Thinking Big. And that was, I was in Andy Purcell's office last year and in his home and he had a bunch of copies. I'd never heard of the book before. And he, he gave me one of them. And I read that and it was awesome. Awesome. It's kind of an older book, but really, really, really good. And then uh, I'd probably have to say Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? It's a staple. Also Set for Life. It's really good ones from the, the guys over at Bigger Pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, but one last thing I'd say there, Tyler, is I actually, I love books. Again, I listen to, you know, at least one every two weeks, but I think podcasts are, are really amazing because by the time that a book comes out, it's already dated, frankly. Podcasts are real time. It's the best guys in the industry. It's free. And there's, I mean, there's so many great, like this, like I didn't, I've been listening to your content here for the last week or two, kind of just getting used to this. And it's so good. Like, <laughs> yes, the content, so good. Right. And we live in an amazing age where literally everything is at our fingertips, like all the information you possibly need to become great and really to master anything is at our fingertips, right? So anyway, there's my answers. I agree. That's beautiful. And thank you for the shout out. We do this to give and uh, hopefully we reach people and we're grateful to have the opportunity to speak with folks like yourself to open our minds, right? And so I guess the big takeaway from that is listen, learn and open up your mind to new paradigms because it's all out there all around us. And I think it's amazing. And can I I comment on that real fast? I think that it really, you know, there's an express, I don't know if this is true either, but it says that every 18 months, the, world, the amount of knowledge in the world is actually doubling every wow. year and a half because of technology and computer, computer and everything else. Um, but, I, but I believe that what you said there is you've got to stay coachable and humble enough to be able to learn. A lot of people, when they start having success, they start to feel like they figured it out and they get a chip on their shoulder. And as a result, they become, they're less coachable. And so I think one of my, my guiding principles in my life has been to always be, have humble confidence to where I'm always, and, and, and continuously, continual curiosity, where I, I want to learn from other people. And people are fascinating. Every, everybody has something to learn from everybody else. Like if you approach it the right way with curiosity. And so, you know, I just challenge everybody, like no matter where you're at in life and in, in your success, just be really curious and coachable. And it just changes because then you're actually looking to absorb and to learn from opportunities and people versus you trying to teach everybody else and tell everybody else what that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. And I love that phrase of humble confidence. That is, that's one that's going to stick with me, no doubt about it. Dave, what is the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? I feel like, oh man, there's so many things that come to mind. One, one thing that I use to elevate my life on a daily basis 
I'm going to go with that hashtag of, you know, Garmin, the, the tag phrase of beat yesterday. It's just mm. whatever I was doing yesterday, I just want to be a little bit better at it. I want to have a little bit better habits. I want to be a little bit smarter, more, a better friend, a better father, better husband, you know, better business person. So I guess it's st- staying hungry every day and always trying to be better than I was yesterday. Beat yesterday. That's amazing. That's a, I hadn't heard that actually. So I'm writing that down. And what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you, Dave? I would hope that the answer there is by example, people seeing that I'm continually pushing myself and that I'm trying to be my be- the best version of myself every day. And also that I'm an action taker. I think a lot of people talk a lot or they think and they overthink things and they end up with analysis paralysis where they've talked about it, they've thought about it, but then they're missing the, the most important step, which is taking action. And so I've always prided myself on being somebody that will take action and do what I say that I'm, I'm going to do. And so with friends and other people, I would say, I hope that mainly I hope I, I can be an inspiration for, for others. And one of my goals in life is to create value for, I direct value for 10 million people and to help 1000 people become millionaires. So there's some kind of personal business goals of mine on a personal level. So there you go. Dave, you are an absolute badass. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate this conversation and how much there is to apply immediately and how much of an example that you're setting for us, for everyone to take action, right? Set the example and also be that ripple effect for other people around us. My man, this has been an amazing conversation. Do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom to share with Elevate Nation today? Um, no, I mean, I, I just hope that was valuable. I hope I was able to inspire, create um, some value for your tribe. Mainly just Tyler, thank you to you for the opportunity, man. I, I really appreciate it. Well, I tell you what, man, there's no doubt that the pleasure is all mine. It's an absolute honor to have you on the show. And I just want to encourage Elevate Nation. My goodness, you've got to re-listen to the show because there's so much gold here. And by the way, you can reach and learn more about Dave at axiapartners.com. Of course, we'll put links in the show notes of where you can find Dave on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it. Of course, I'll just give another plug because all you have to do is reach out to Dave directly and there's no strings attached. He's not looking to sell this or anything, but we talked about talking about the lifestyle design philosophy. He will share that with you, that program directly. And he's created that himself. So go reach out to Dave on Instagram, send him a DM and he'll send that to you. But I just want to encourage Elevate Nation, re-listen to the show because there's so much here that you can design to your life that you can really take away and that you can take action on. And I want to encourage you to also listen and look for those top three key distinctions. What are your top three takeaways that you want to apply to your life immediately? Share this with a friend, pay it forward. And at the end of the day, take massive action. Dave, thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. Thank you. Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.